Hi, friend. Welcome back to the Purpose Map podcast. This episode is interesting because this theme comes through around being in the space between the unknown, the middle. And we wrapped up season one of the podcast uh, just at the end of March there, and we'll be launching into season two in June or July. And yet this inspiration has bubbled up for a bit of a surprise series for you. And it's such a delight to kick off this surprise series by having a conversation with my brother, Blake Berglund. I mentioned that this series was inspired. <laughs> Inspiration bubbled to the surface. And specifically, that has been around um, helping men find more spaces and places for healing and transformation. I've been asked a lot uh, since I started Worthy and Well, but lately, especially if I work with men and have had conversations with men, and there's been many men coming through our space, the shared healing space that I work within. And this theme of like growth, transformation, navigating big change, finding purpose from the perspective of men, um, it's just been everywhere. And, and I have just decided to pay attention and dedicate a an email series to the beautiful men in our community and this podcast series, which will be four or five parts, um, just waiting for confirmation on one of the final guests. All men, all incredible men, heart-centered men, powerful men who are navigating life and change. And it's such a pleasure to bring them to you. Um, my hope is that this series reaches more men and also it's for everyone. Every human deserves to heal. And what we talk about in these episodes are universal concepts that impact humans, period. And it's my hope that hearing from men opens up other men to healing or feeling less alone, growing, transforming, having an impact, um, you know, living in alignment. My family recently lost a family member, our Uncle John. So this episode we're dedicating to him and my brother Blake, who you'll hear from very shortly, um, was very close with our Uncle John. We all were, but he lived nearby and was with our uncle when he passed. And so there's themes that are woven throughout this episode um, around grief and change and also like gratitude and blessings and magic and mystery and spirituality and presence and spaces between. So I trust that when you drop in and trust me, you will drop in right into the middle of our conversation that you will receive exactly what you came here for. So I'm not going to spend any more time. Um, do listen all the way to the end. At the end, I share a message that was transmitted by our Uncle John to one of Blake's <laughs> buddies, Mitch. Um, and Mitch synchronistically found this letter recently, you know, a couple of days after the passing of our uncle. And, and there are some wise words for all of us right now, all of us who want to live big lives and play big and make the most out of this one precious life. So tune in. I can't wait to hear what lands for you. And uh, welcome to our conversation. I'm so glad that you get to meet my brother, Blake. Here we go. You know, it's almost a mantra 
it's become almost a mantra, but I think there's something, um, there's something healing about stumbling. Like there's something healing about the vulnerability of stumbling through ideas and stumbling through feelings and stumbling through relationships and an expectation that they're supposed to be succinct or supposed to be whole is a pretty big expectation. I think, mm-hmm. I think the best of us can stumble and that be the course of action that needs to take place. Like that's mm. the initial initial move into areas of discomfort and an initial move into areas of immaturity. So I always send a preface my thoughts with the idea that <laughs> I shall stumble through the, <laughs> through the ideas, through the feelings. Brother. Yeah. Yeah. I love this. Um, yeah. I'm curious how that's happening right now. You know, like, like I hear you say that as almost a disclaimer for this recording, for this podcast, I'm going to stumble. Love it. Uh, but it sounds like it's like a bigger philosophy for life right now. I'm, I think like I'm willing to be uncomfortable and that's been a theme, you know, and we're kind of, I guess we're falling, jumping with both feet into this, but like, that's been a theme for 10 years is like the progress into being willing to be um, uncomfortable and feeling discomfort. And in that discomfort is like, that's the stumble. That's, that's what you'd try to have to get on the other side of it. And for different people, it's different tactics to get on the other side. For me, it's putting the ideas out there and for um, talking, you, you know, we'll get to this in this chat and I, it's a very emotional period in both of our lives right now. Um, and I guess we can lead into that whenever, but the um, speaking through the emotion is transformative. Mm-hmm. Holding the space for the tightness in your throat and holding the space for the pain in your sinuses and the the weird physical attributions to grief um, and allowing there to be, allowing the flow to happen however that flow is supposed to manifest is transformation. And mm-hmm. I guess that's part of the beauty that I'm finding in this period right now. But we can mm. move forward. We can, mm-hmm. we, you can, you can guide me into that part of the chat. Well, I'm just feeling grateful in how you just spoke about stumbling through discomfort in terms of uncomfortable sensations in your body. And it reminded me of when I was in Saskatchewan for that month that I was there last summer after you had your beautiful baby. And we hit record on a, quote podcast that never got published i don't think and you were asking me questions about like body wisdom and kind of like and good questions that most people ask like what the hell is that and like where do you feel that and and just hearing you talk about stumbling through that Mm. tightness in your chest and the tension in your sinuses those examples i just had this flashback to our previous conversation about like what it means to be with discomfort in the body well yeah that's experience kind of delivers you tools for your toolbox and that quick conversation was a tool in the toolbox where when the opportunity for lack of better words comes up to access that tool it makes sense to you like Mm -hmm. i had trouble understanding what you've been talking about for years (laughs) with (laughs) just to de i i shouldn't say that i should say how how to decode the physical sensations I don't have the experience to really understand the decoding of the physical sensations when you quote unquote, let your body lead. 
Um, but even just that conversation and your attempt to, you know, uh, connect with me on your philosophy behind it was a little tool in the toolbox. So when I feel a physical sensation, I can think it with that filter and mm. think with that tool and feel like, oh, okay, well, that's the physical sensations of grief is like, I haven't felt anxiety. I haven't, it's almost relieved me of depression or anxiety. Like that's the, uh, I don't want to say irony, but that's been part of the byproduct of this period is like, you know, it puts things into focus. Um, mm -hmm. And to jump back to the physicalities of it, they're very apparent. You can't ignore the physicalities of grief. Like they're mm. there, they're, yeah. You, you know, it's it's yeah. speaking through the heat. You have a like when you well up with emotion. There's a really profound heat that you feel in your eyes and in your the back of your nose and in your throat. And that's what what transforms things like fire, like heat, right? And that's that's the feeling that I have in those moments where I'm trying to speak through grief or speak through mm -hmm. um, a knot in my throat. Um, mm -hmm. And that's just yeah, it's been. And that's all I have to say about that. Yeah. Uh, dear listener, this is my brother, Blake, and we recently lost a family member. Um, and yeah, there's grief that's felt. So there's some context there. And I'm sensing for you, brother, that this grief, um, ooh, I'm feeling it. Here it is. I haven't, I haven't felt, um, I haven't felt much of a release of emotion like you have, like you have for days. I've felt mostly a peacefulness with this loss, a sense of connection to um, our uncle's spirit in a really profound, beautiful way without the feelings of what I would call grief um, and without a lot of emotional release and a wave just kind of came and passed in that mm -hmm. moment. Um, and you've been feeling it differently than I. And, you know, I, I guess I'm sensing you feel the grief of that loss and there's more. Am I right about that? Like it's transforming you through it. Yeah. I mean, we're on day five, so it's yeah. very fresh and I'm, uh I definitely have used the word grief because it's the only word I know that's been given to a period following something like this. And you have people reach out and say, offer condolences and are very, um, um, how you can see how people's relationship to their idea of death comes through and how they offer yeah. condolences or how they connect with you on the loss. And I mean, you know, I, I always kind of have a curious mind going at all times. And truthfully, that's what's been a really real help for me in this period is the curiosity and the experience. And we can dig into the experience of it. Um, but I've had people be like, oh, this sucks, man. This really sucks. And I understand the sentiment, but I haven't also in all the, in the deep sobbing that really I told my wife this last night, it's actually more akin to gratitude than, than, yeah. um, than suffering. It is more, it's more, and it, the sobbing and the crying is more an extension of gratitude than it is to suffering by far. Right. Mm -hmm. So that's this, and that's this version of grief. That's this relationship. Mm -hmm. Um, 
yeah, I was I was moving through that again, stumbling through that idea, but it's day it it's five days, and I was yeah, and a lot has transformed in the last five days of my life. Five days, ten days before my how old am I going to be? Thirty ninth birthday. Three's thirty nine. Oh, we love the threes and the nines. Yeah, I've been saying I'm 40 for like three years. I've been saying, yeah, I think I'm about 40 years old. You know, no, I'm not. I'm almost 39 this year. Yeah. Yeah. Say more. What's been transforming? How are you letting your, how are you letting your heart break you open to something different, change, transformation? I, um, have been working at myself emotionally and spiritually moving into this. Mm-hmm. Maybe that's the advantage that I have in the understanding or lack of understanding or accepting the lack of understanding, accepting the unknown. Mm. We, you, you hear through other people's connection to, to death, um, their belief system, which is beautiful, right? Like, like, and even the belief system between, my aunt and I right now in this time, we're connecting on many, we're connecting on many metaphors mm. and there's beauty in that. And I am, I'm really welcoming that and falling into that as a means to connect to other people's experiences. But I have to call the metaphors because what I feel is just an acceptance of the unknown and not needing to know because of the proof and because of the, for lack of better words, paranormal experience of it all that I've had in the last five days. Mm-hmm. I've been, you have a glimpse. I don't know. I, it's my first experience with um, being with someone as they crossed over or had yet, or being with someone as they pass. And it is, Following that, there's magic, like there's messaging, right? Like, and you got to, I feel I've been, I've been on on an emotional and a spiritual effort in the last few years, and that has been a nice uh, foundation to approach this Mm. with. Yeah. Approach it with. I want to be mindful not to, um, not to rush past the this now moment and i'm also drawn to what inquire well i just mean in this moment we're talking about grief we're talking about mm. a lost loved one that happened five days ago and we're talking about transformation that's happening in this moment and and the emotional spiritual development that's happening from this moment like the last five days this now moment and you're also speaking about I'm hearing from you a reverence for a personal transformation that you have, or or many, maybe many personal transformations that you've been through that have like prepared you for this now moment, this moment in time. Mm-hmm. And so um, I'm curious about that. I'm curious about, you know, you're my brother and obviously I witness shifts and changes and transformations in you and I'm curious where that started for you because like I've watched you change many times and I feel like it's been, you talked about the last decade, 
So certainly the last decade, and I guess I've witnessed in the last five years, and then in the last couple of years with the COVID-19 pandemic completely like annihilating your industry in many ways as a musician, like there's just so many layers of change. And I feel like it's helpful to hear people's stories of transformation. Um, and given that you spoke of the many transformations leading up to this way of approaching deaths, that it has more magic and gratitude in it than maybe it would have in the past. Like that's interesting to me. I want to hear more about that. So maybe. I'm curious where to go. Yeah, fair enough. I know you 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 touched on a lot that is all happening in this moment because that's what this moment is. It's like an a rush of flow, a rush of insight, a rush of emotion, a rush of um I, I keep wanting to say a rush of understanding, but it's a rush of letting go to understand and mm. to jump to the end of the, the my point being is like it's a, all these little things that happen along the way you are always given the opportunity to react and when you answer a situation with letting go with trust with a more trusting sense of outcome not needing to know outcome and it takes a long time to get i'm not there yet like of course there's many things happen in my life where i want to control the outcome and i think that i'm i'm in control of the outcome and to a certain extent i am mm -hmm. um but when you live where you lean into trust and you for for lack of, i love the word faith but you lean into a faith and that word can be described differently in all different contexts but you lean into whatever that means to you it's it is life it is it is the point it mm -hmm. is i talk about these transformations that are leading up to this well this is a transformation I, all the transformations lead through this and lead and uh, our aunt has asked me like how we're going to be okay on the other side of this and i was quick to tell her there's no other side of this mm -hmm. this is this is the transformation that is forever and and you know i said there's a day gone by where you haven't thought of your father my grandfather and there just hasn't the relationship mm -hmm. with that loss when i was 13 years old so 20 some years ago hasn't left my body yeah it has it's hasn't left me and the loss of father banga who was a profound spiritual guide in yours and my life uh, mm -hmm. And I'd love to dig into Father Banga in this talk, but <laughs> with with his loss, and he had a heart attack in India. He put all his money that he made from the that he made from being a priest into this vision of a school in India, and he was there building it, and and he died of a heart attack. And I'm glib when I say it, and I don't even know if it's true, but what I was told is they put him in the ground, and <laughs> and and it's. And his humility that he lived with, it is just so fitting and so peaceful and beautiful. That is the the destiny of him as a cardboard box. Him as mm. the vessel. Him as the vessel gets to rest there. Mm. So, uh, can I tell you a story that connects with Father Benga? Right. And and connects with uh, sort of faith in the mystery and maybe self-trust i don't know let me just stumble through it um you know when i drove across the country and taught workshops in a bunch of different cities 
Absolutely. I um, I was in Montreal and I went out with a dear friend of mine the night before from Calgary. She and her husband happened to be in Montreal at the same time. And we just like had kind of a wild night. And the next day I was out on a like alone walk by the water. And I looked up and saw this massive building and it didn't clue in right away, but it had like the gargoyles on it. It was a cathedral and I didn't Mm -hmm. realize it was a cathedral. And I like looked up at it and it immediately brought me to tears. I just like wept seeing it. And it, as if it had a voice, it just like called me towards it. Mm -hmm. So I went towards it and, um, and I was like, oh, this is a cathedral. This is a Catholic cathedral. And I hadn't gone to church. I hadn't gone to church since, since honestly, and I don't know if you know this story, Blake, but since honestly being in Italy at the Vatican in Rome and doing confession with the high priest at the Vatican and feeling like really shamed. And it kind of uh-huh. turned me off of going to church and we grew up Catholic and, you know, and, and layered into this, I've also explored yoga and Eastern philosophy and found spirituality in so many different spaces and places. So here I am in Montreal being called in by the Notre Dame cathedral. And I walk up to the, like, you know, there's such beautiful buildings, these cathedrals. And I walk up and in and around, and I'm like in awe of the stained glass. And I feel Father Benga. I feel his spirit. I feel this like deep connection to him. And I sit down in a pew and I just, it's like profound. And this person was like a big part of our life for for the listener, a big part of our life growing up. Like he embodied the spirit of what I think, you know, religion should, should be sans mm-hmm. politics and dogma. Mm-hmm. And, um, and I felt him there and, and cried and cried and, and then, it was this pull to go to mass and there just happened to be an English mass like 30 minutes later. And so I left and come back and sat down in a pew and the mass began and the priest came up and, and I just recall so clearly the, the words out of his mouth were like, we were born sinners and my body just contracted. It was like, my body was like, no, that's not the same (laughs) feeling that I just had, you know? And and it just, it was like this moment of of feeling the spirit of Father Banga and feeling what, for me anyway, spirituality is this like essence of deep unconditional love, like, which drives me. I'm connected to that. It's what drives everything that I do is creating more love, creating more unconditional love in the world, more oneness rather than separation. And I felt connected to the energy of that. And then I felt disconnected from the message being shared. Mm-hmm. And it's just, it was just such a reminder of my sort of spiritual transformational journey into having a direct access to God, the universe, source, whatever, and, and connecting to my own like body's wisdom of what feels to be true. Mm. And to me, in moments of grief, in moments of big transition, and, and honestly, like I'm thinking about grief in the context, not of, of like the loss of a human being who dies, but like even an identity death, when you go through a huge shift or change and it's like that person who I thought I was, is that even, even me or who am I really? Like those questions, I think the, the feeling around it mimic the same as when you lose a person, when someone dies. Mm -hmm. And, 
um, just connecting how, how for me, this direct access to a version of God or source of the universe or life or energy and, and being subtly attuned to that and it being a dialogue or reciprocity, which I developed later in life, like not so much going to church on Sundays growing up and saying my prayers, but more so later in life, that that to me is part of what I lean into that allows for trust and surrendering when life changes in an instant or someone dies or Mm -hmm. there's an exploration of like, who the hell am I now? And what am I here to do? Mm -hmm. It's um, stumbling through a story. It's it's okay. It's having, it's having that tool in the toolbox. You get to choose what you lean on and when you lean on it and how it gets you through. Like you said so much there that I was like, just jotting down ideas, ideas, but you know, um, tension you talked about tension in the church and a belief system and what you take from it and what it imposes on you and and obviously the nuances of the mm-hmm. pain and suffering that that institute has imposed on people i think of the catholic church as a crowbar and it can be used for hurts and it can also be used to crack open and yeah. show beauty and it's been both for me yeah of course been absolutely and, both yeah and then you know that's tension right and to to bring it back to sort of like for your listeners, like my full-time job is um, a songwriter, I guess. I, I write songs and I get on stage and I try and make them connect to as many people that'll pay for the ticket. And <laughs> yeah. and part of the show, part of the approach to being on stage, tension is such a powerful, um, powerful, um, I don't want to say tactic, but when you have tension, it's the opportunity for release. So when mm-hmm. and what and how can that release be interpreted and what is that release? What is the version of that tension and what are the or sorry of that release and what are the lessons in that release? So feeling tension sitting in a pew and listening to a mass is a very good thing. It's mm-hmm. a very good thing. Then you're not a blind follower of the things that do make sense and the truths that do come within that institute. And you're also available to hold it accountable and to the fire because we, for lack of better words, we as Roman, we as Catholics, we've been raised Catholics, are kind of the only ones that maybe can do it, and it is effect most effective. From wait, can do what? Hold the, hold the, hold the church accountable. Uh, that's a pretty broad sweeping statement, but in our own, in our own belief systems, is what I mean. Mm. Like take what, and I know the next person will say, "Well, this is." denying the essence of what it means to be of faith or of a certain religious sect. But I, I pull from all of them. I mean, I, I, I was baptized Catholic. I was so close to being baptized uh, evangelical in Nashville on a, on a, <laughs> on a, a, I don't want to call it a whim because I was drawn into that church that day, that afternoon. And they, the energy was, I mean, I was the second, I, there were two white, folks in that church and i was one of them and it was a it was a good time it was but the music was amazing too (laughs) the energy the energy and the flow and the personalization of the service to me specifically and the the calm the the inclusiveness and the wit and the humor that was used it was a real awesome experience and then you know they they the chair came up at the front and they and it came up that they're giving baptisms and i was like 
I'm, this is that moment for me. I'm going to be supposed <laughs> to be ba baptized again. And then my, I was married Lutheran and my son is baptized Lutheran. So we are, our home is this collection of, mm. um, is this and your son of, has three godmothers who all have different son, spiritual my, traditions. <laughs> yeah, which is uh, a Catholic, a, 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 a Catholic tradition. The godmother is a Catholic, which, you know, to my aunt who lost her husband, my uncle, he, she is my godmother. That's the connection between her and I right now in this grief is she's that one spiritual um, designation from our family and a relationship that I have to grow with and through and, and ultimately a spiritual relationship I grow alongside. And it's something that, you know, her and I are going through different versions of it together right now. But nonetheless, my son has, instead of, you know, godparent, yeah, he has three godmothers. And I just love that. So you and our sister and our sister-in-law are my son's three godmothers. Catholic tradition in the Lutheran faith. So, you know. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I make the joke sometimes that I'm polyamorous with the gods, that I love them all. Give me Jesus. Yeah. Give me the Buddha. Give me the Hindu goddesses. And, oh, and give, give, like, just let me yeah. lean into all the spiritual archetypes and energies. And it's all one anyway. Yeah. Yeah. It's funny you, when a few minutes ago you spoke of identity loss and identity transformation and just... Another backstory, but how synchronistic is it? I, for the last few months, I had a, a false, um, someone took, somehow got my personal information and took out a line of credit in a bank in another city and accessed at almost half of it. Um, and my, I found it because the address was changed on my credit report and I started doing my investigations and it popped up that I had a loan for $40,000 in another province. and did not and my identity was stolen so there's this process right now of reclaiming literally reclaiming my identity literally the, i don't mean to interrupt you brother but i'm just like may 3rd 333 p.m keep talking I about know. your identity reclaiming your identity uh, yeah i know it's i know it's three the 333 like we could I'm, we'll get into that but I'm literally, it was almost like these little notions of work that needed to be done and was riddle and was metaphor and was uh, cosmic humor, just sort of being laid out to guide you, to force you into, uh, into your next steps, right? To force you. And to force me into my, into the next steps or whoever it may be. If you, if you open yeah. your heart, you're given the, you're given that guidance, right? But yeah. yeah, I just could not get to the bottom of like, why does this have to happen to me right now? Why am I trying to? And then I was pissed right off because my name is, I'm just so connected to my own journey and what I have made of my own name and, and what I believe I stand for. So for someone else to just take it without the true identity behind it, I, I was very offended by I was very <laughs> offended by that. Maybe that's my ego speaking, but I was very offended that someone just thought that they could walk in somewhere and, be and like, steal your identity. <laughs> like, who the hell do you think you are? And I was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Yeah. So I was, <laughs> so that was a driving force in the reclamation of it all. And then, like, what happened today? But it's not the, the, I received the letter from the um, credit agency that the investigation has been closed in my favor. 
End of story. Mm. So the closure of this whole identity, literal identity reclamation happened before this phone call, you know, in mm. this, in this perfect moment of understanding self. Mm. So, and the, so the synchronicities, I'm living in a matrix of synchronicity and kismet and uh, is that the right word? Like, no, I don't, it's not des destiny is a woo-wee word. I don't like that word at all. But it's just just mm -hmm. a matrix of synchronicities where it's just like, oh, the veil is completely lifted. You know, the initiation is happening in real time and the veil is lifted in, in celebration of this initiation happening. But, you know, it will be closed again and it's your choice to continue to pursue mm -hmm. the, un the, the relationship with that gift. Can you be a little bit more specific maybe like or an example like i guess what i'm hearing you say is you literally had your identity stolen and someone opened up a bank account and yep, and it that, was yes, metaphor is metaphor as you're exploring your own identity like who am i now what am i here for now and then it's closing today that yep. that case is closed and yet here we are and and i guess i'm curious about maybe the nuances of the identity shift like what mm. what what has that been like for you or how is it now continuing to shift well the experience is all synchronicity so beautiful and you can't you can't properly um you can't properly describe the feeling so someone understands the experience it has to be something that only you would experience in real time and if uh, i imagine many of your listeners have experienced synchronicities or understand what that idea is but it's just such a meaningful coincidence that is so profound it is beyond beyond rationale right mm -hmm. and then my and then you know symbolism comes into play and my heart has been open in in a in a childlike fashion to this world for years so is the muscle of understanding it a little stronger with me or is it just come as profound as it needs to come? Like, mm. I, I don't, I can't answer that, but my experience right now is one of um, symbols and symbolism and, and just very meaningful, meaningful coincidences that are just too, prof like uh, my best friend, our, you, my relationship with my friend, Mitch, who's mm -hmm. so close to our family. Mm -hmm. I let him know of uncle John's death and, it struck him um, very hard because he's always been, he's been affected by Uncle John's presence. Mm -hmm. So I tell Mitchie that Uncle John has passed away and he's, he's really, really moved by it. And he's, he goes into a sort of a, his own version of grief. And two days later, he sends me a message that says um, like, like basically what are the chances kind of thing like it's too profound of a coincidence but he was looking he was looking for a piece of musical gear in his house digging around in a back corner that you know and he pulled out and all found an envelope with some pictures in it and a folded up piece of paper and he pulled it out and he opened up the piece of paper last and it was a letter from our uncle john who has mm -hmm. only written mitch one letter but that was the letter and we i i don't i never asked when or why or how he got it but it was it was, hey, Mitch, don't forget the ABCs of life. And then it went through the alphabet with just a little bit of insight into mm -hmm. how to a greater like approach to life right now. Like, here's a little, here's a thought for every letter of the alphabet that, you know, 
you should lean into right now and like how is that coincidence yeah well and then and you were you know at that moment you and i were texting and you're cleaning out uncle john's like hundreds or thousands of books and looking at the record of what 700 paintings before 2008 that he's done like just going through his stuff and mitch texts you about this letter and you send it to me and i read it and it's like perfectly aligned with the wisdom i need in my life right now around playing bigger and expanding into my purpose on this planet and like living it doing it the world needs us all right now i just felt like this whoosh of like you got this case yeah you know yeah it's just wild and I'll, I mean, we, you have that picture of the notes. So, I mean, if you put that up on your channels, I think it's it just furthers this point of the, 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 the paranormal experience of it all. And I, I've been using that word a lot too, because it's the only word I have in my vocabulary to properly express some of the experiences. And they're not, they're the furthest thing from scary, but they are paranormal. They're outside of this reality that we are conditioned to, outside of this reality of the quote-unquote normal. They're beyond that. Yeah, they're um, spiritual. They're, but Which is our normal, that is, spiritual world is our reality. Paranormal. It, it, it's, our, it's our reality is the spiritual world. Yeah. Um, but to give a... a regardless of what you think you know or how you know or what you believe or how deep you believe, there's always a version of having the veil lifted where you see something that can rock you like you've never imagined, right? Yeah. Speaking of synchronicity, um, a couple of weeks ago, so I'm going through my own transition, as many of you are. And for me, it has meant big shifts in my physical space. And so I like got rid of some furniture, sold it, painted my ceiling and walls, and I was looking on Kijiji for a desk, a new desk. And I went and picked up this desk um, and got in a conversation with the guy who owned the desk prior to me. And of course he asked what I do. And I said, you know, my work's at the intersection of purpose, embodiment, and entrepreneurship. And I help people after they've been rocked, (laughs) find a clearer sense of who they are and what they're here for next. And I just shared that with him. And of course he like resonated with it was just, you know, got out of a relationship after being engaged. And we got this, we got into this beautiful, like little heart to heart, little, like tiny little heart to heart. And then today, um, someone showed up on my calendar. You can book a call with me if you want to chat about working together, want some guidance around this transition in your life. And this beautiful uh, man who I had never, I didn't recognize his name, his name popped up and I got on a call with him. And um, he didn't know that I've been speaking to men behind the scenes. He's not part of my email list. He's not, Mm. he doesn't know I'm doing a series for men that's like, that you're a part of Blake, you know, and he's telling me about this awakening that he's going through. And he's like, yeah, you bought a desk from a buddy of mine. And it's like, wow, wow. You know, he's telling me a story that is perfectly aligned with the messaging that I'm offering to my email list with the questions and people in my community are asking. He hasn't heard or read any of that. Um, And yet here he is because of this little Mm -hmm. interaction and, you know, like 
my understanding, just like studying consciousness, is that at higher levels of consciousness, that is the norm. That is the reality. Synchronicity is real. It's more real than it's more real, more than real than being in fear. It's more real than being in fear or being angry or fighting each other. It's it's the truth of what is when we heal, when we heal our trauma. This is life unfolding, flow, being in natural gifts, letting life take you in a way that's easy. You don't have to push through anything. This is real. Yeah. And we get to experience it through these moments. Yeah, like through a road, like uh, a driving metaphor, right? Like there's signs on a road, and if there you need to get from A to B, and there aren't any signs, you might get from A to B. Yeah. But if you're given guidance all along the way, you're going to follow those signs, and you are going to move to B in the path of least resistance. Mm-hmm. How do you receive the guidance, brother? You know, like because I think everybody's getting guided always, and we don't always listen or look or see or, you know, how does that work for you? Uh, it's, I was actually, it's funny that we're of all people. I was talking about this with mom this morning. Um, we were just talking about the, again, so for, for Easter, my aunt, you know, what was Easter a couple of weeks ago, she got my son, a little fuzzy bunny. It was a little fuzzy cute. And it looked real. It looks like a real little bunny in it. Super soft. And she gave it to him as a gift and, you know, he cuddled up to it and we put it on the shelf and it comes down or whatnot. But we, we sort of have it with his other different stuffed animal gifts that he's been given. And our uncle said to our aunt, well, I, I want a bunny. I would like a bunny like that. I really like that bunny. And like, what kind of, what, you, <laughs> it's a quick, it's a quick judgment. It's quick to judge a man that wants a little bunny, right? An 80 um, something. How old is yeah, the eight, uncle? 86, 86. Yeah. yeah I believe. Yeah. yeah 86 year old man that wants a bunny. Just like his 10-month-old nephew got for Easter. That's what he wants for Easter. So Aunt Jean's like, okay, I, I'll get you this bunny, right? Like, So she goes back out <laughs> and she buys him this identical little bunny and gives it to him. And he's over the moon, like over the moon for Easter that he got this bunny that matches my little boy's bunny. And he sets it down and he passes away and it sits on his chair. Yeah. And you walk in the room and there's this little bunny that my little boy has and, and you walk outside and there are rabbits everywhere. They're, you know, the, in Regina right now and people that live in Regina know that when the rabbits come out, they're just like everywhere. And <laughs> Uncle John passes, he gets this bunny. He was a very, it was a slow moving man, right? Like he had a frail body and he was a wild, beautiful mind and a frail body. Yeah. And he was house locked for three years and broken bones and broken um, hip and broken shoulder and broken, just beat up, beat up, man. This is his yeah. third heart attack. It's his, it's beat up. So just the symbolism of the rabbit right now, you know, and, and his little bunny that matches my son sitting there yeah. and the rabbits out in the world. So you kind of, are you, whether there's a coincidence, let's just say there's no such thing as synchronicity and there's no such thing as some cosmic coincidence. Let's just call it as that is. You know, it works. It works for a sense of peace. And as far as when you say, how do you know, how do you recognize these signs? I think that you can prescribe them. I, you know, this is my yeah. wild idea is like I've prescribed the 333. Uh, yeah. You go to my social media accounts and I'm just, you know, even I don't know what that means, but I'm continuing to move through this um symbolism and this meaningful coincidence and this connection to my career and 
I'll meet people in this in the grocery store and they'll be like, holy shit, dude. Like they look at their watch and they ran into me at three, three, uh, three, you know, three o'clock in the afternoon, three thirty in the afternoon. And the more you, it's like a muscle. I really believe spirituality is like a muscle. And, and the more you lean into those um, prescriptions that you allow to be a conduit to maybe some type of unknown coincidence or unknown connection, even a belief that you want to believe and you don't believe, but you prescribe it. When it pops up by coincidence, you can like immediately drop into the moment to be like, what was the thought that was in my head in this thought? And if you can recall that momentary thought, then it's again, exercising that muscle to act on that thought. Yeah. It's like a pattern interrupt. It's a little, well, it's like a pattern enhancer actually. So you see the, you see this. Yeah. Right. it, It definitely interrupts the pattern, whatever was happening that you were just so passive in the experience. When you see that symbol, you are given the opportunity to immediately walk into the moment and be like, what was this thought? What was my thought? And sit with that. It doesn't have to be a crazy answer. It could just be random as the day is long. It doesn't matter, but it's an opportunity to act on something. And what you find is as you begin to recognize and act in harmony with each other, you find it's uh, if you find more, more opportunities Mm -hmm. to act and receive and, it's just so accumulative and it's infinite and it's working your working your sense of self, working your identity, working your spirit, your connection to whatever mm-hmm. whatever spiritual connection you have at whatever point you were at in your journey, you know? Mm-hmm. So yeah. that that's me in the 333. Like I I've just put that out there as a manifestation uh symbol. And it Yeah. You know, and then I, mean, I had to stop you when I looked I up and it was May 3rd, 333, talking uh, about in identity. the middle of your story, talking but, about identity. Yeah. 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 So, you were saying that um, you started the story with the rabbits. Like when you, you were saying, talk, you were talking to mom this morning. Was that the, what you were talking about? Was the rabbits? Yeah. There was no, something. 333. I don't know. Something, oh, she brought something up about. Yeah, she brought something up about it. And, you know, mom, she, I don't know. If, I didn't know she knew the skinny on the 333, but she was like, she brought it up and we got chatting about it. And it was, it was just yeah. a nice conversation. There's something that to me is meaningful in your bunny story about, you know. We're having a, um, oh, or, or, oh, we had a little, a little glitch. We had a little moment. Repeat what you said. Um, When you were talking about the bunny story about, like your son, who's not even one, and our uncle wanting the same bunny. To me, that means something to me. You know, like yeah. I think about the purity of a baby and of someone who's about to pass. Like there's, to me, there's like a, there's a light soul there. There's an enlightened soul there. Mm-hmm. And when I think about the, really like beautiful spiritual teachers that I've had the pleasure of learning from and growing from like my, my teacher in India, he, he just has this like playful light childlike presence, you know, it's like, it's childlike, it's joyful. And I just, I think that's kind of beautiful that there's this mimicking of youth in elderly, like Mm -hmm. in pre-death like it's mm-hmm. like the death and rebirth thing. Well, it's uh, I had that even jotted down. Like the parallels in my life right now 
I experienced the birth of my son, and I experienced the death of uh, uh, archetypally a fatherly figure. And I, I told mom, it's like, they're two different doors, but they're, you get to peek inside the same building. And the parallels in, and the biggest one was like, so that the, the transformative moment where I experienced my uncle's physical transformation um, prior to his passing. And it is one of, it's, it's paranormal. It was a, it was a digression in age. It was a parent. It was, and maybe it was just my own mind playing tricks on me, right? In a moment of fast coming grief and it was a flow of hair and it was a, a the blemishes gone from a face and it was a light, it was a glow and he was unresponsive for hours and he opened his eyes and he looked at my aunt and I and it was the same look as a, a newborn. It was the same, it was the same eyes as a child. It was the same eyes as an, is that innocent gaze and peaceful gaze and and see it was yeah the parallels like this is you know this is heavy content for a podcast but yeah the, but no, the parallels are my my in my son and the passing of my uncle are just like you get to peek inside the and in, peek inside the architecture mm. from different angles and experience that architect that that architecture yeah how does that change how you choose to live this present life you know like how does that from those experiences like what what has integrated like is there a is there a conscious choice to to do something different or something that helps your own self-discovery or meaning making or what matters mm. in life you know what i mean like these moments are profound when they when there's like a the peak that you talk about it's like a peek into a different yeah. way of being a consciousness yeah yeah, I, I, um, what's, um, to not, what I'm feeling right now is to not rush it. You know, you want to be on the other, like our aunt said, is when, is this, are we going to be better on the other side of this? And to know that there's no other side of grief to be learning that, um, you want to actually slow it down, not speed it up or get through it. You want to, mm. you want to slow the feelings down. You want to sit in the, sit in those feelings. So that's one thing that has been actually, I don't want to call it a life hack, but like the, the beauty and the blessing and the positivity of this hurtful experience comes when I'm willing to slow it as slow as possible and not find the other side of it, but sit in whatever activity I'm doing and just, just let the faucet run from the heart. Like just let it, however the grief or emotion manifests, let it be that and let it pass and, breathe and then like if i can do this i've never done that before mm -hmm. and if i can, can if this is the little piece of insight that i can do moving forward that's just one little nugget of information one little road sign to move through the path of least resistance to whatever the end goal is or whatever mm -hmm. the, you know <laughs> to, to when i'm in that position yeah well so, and, and it's not going to be the only time that you feel grief so it's oh. like there's wisdom in this moment of grief for you that, well, you said something about it. This brings back the loss of Grandpa Louie, you know, yeah. like that's been in you. It's like, it's like this moment carries with it other moments and will yeah. draw forward into your future yeah. a wisdom that comes from it that will help. 
Yeah. And I'm aligning the moment of grief with the, with the aligning it with being present with my son. Like he's 10 yeah. months old and he lives on a floor and I don't have to live on the floor, but I'm like you said, what choices do you make? Well, now I choose to live on the floor now. I what do you mean? <laughs> I choose. I don't have to walk around him. I get to lay down beside him and be completely in that moment with whatever he's doing and just let him be him. I don't need to pick him up and do what I'm doing and run from here to there and put the tea, put the coffee on and just hold him on my hip. What's more important than anything I can imagine to do right now is just to be still in um, all my moments, be still in the moments. And I hope that that, I hope that's going to stay. That's going to stay with me. That's not going to matter if I'm, I used to get so pissed off in, you're told to show up for a sound check. You're told to show up at 2 p.m. You show up at 2 p.m. You're, oh, well, maybe you'll have your sound check done by six. Oh, well, maybe, and then you you just have a check on, what I'm talking about is getting to a venue and you're told you have, and you wait around for four or five hours. What's, what's the, how am I going to approach that empty space now? You know, you get to sit. That was a bad example, but I'm just saying you get to sit (laughs) with time. You get, you don't have to be, you know, you don't have to be, being patient doesn't have to be anxiety inducing. Being, being Mm. patient can be a very powerful and positive experience. Again, working this muscle, working the spiritual muscle. So whenever you're given, when you're standing in line at a grocery store, you get to drop into the moment and live with the discomfort of everything else you have to do and let that discomfort equal patience that it's, it's, yeah, it's, that's my thing right now is just really being present with still and slowing down time and being patient. Yeah. And like circling this back to what you shared at the very beginning around stumbling through discomfort. I don't know anything that's more uncomfortable for humanity than uh, the mystery, the unknown, the space between. So you're talking about lying on the floor with your son or realizing there's like four hours until your sound check is actually going to be. Those were, those were two weird <laughs> examples. But uh, yeah, yes. Or standing yes. at the grocery store in line. Like, like I guess what I'm, what I'm kind of collecting from what you're sharing is like life is a series of spaces between. And we can try and fill those spaces or rush through them or workaholism or like numb those spaces between with booze and weed and whatever, or they can become a profound spiritual moment of presence. Mm, yeah. Like we, in our household, we always say like, you're not off the hook. You can have all the trust you want, but you're not off the hook to not do the work. You have to meet the universe halfway. So if you're doing the work, you fill up 50% of your time with that work meeting the universe halfway and you feel the other 50% of the time of the universe doing what it's supposed to do and you honoring that by being present with stillness and being present in the moment. Mm. Like you set aside your time. Like, and that's the, that's the, that's the, um, distraction is such a, that's the harm of distraction, right? And it's, it's with us. You can't, I, I just, I'm always distracting myself with, especially Twitter flipping, you know, just and Instagram reels. I love that shit. I love Instagram reels so much. (laughs) I don't know what the algorithm has done, but it is totally tapped into what I think is cool. And I send that to my buddies over Instagram DMs, and we just have a heck of a time watching Instagram Reels. That is a distraction. Sure, it brings joy, and you get to choose when you want to do that, but you also need to. That's not sitting in the moment. That's not yeah. sitting with discomfort and stillness. Yeah. That's that's not being patient. And 
I guess that's my next, that's an ongoing thing that will be, will come out of this time. It's like really trying to stay on top of my patience and my processing of time and the time spent. And, you know, what also makes this whole period really uh, wonderful is the time leading into it. I live four blocks from them. That's another piece to this puzzle is I live four blocks from them. They don't have any children. She is my godmother. I spent, and he has been house locked for three months. Um, and, and is an avid re like his book collection is astounding. Uh, the vinyl collection is in the thousands. Uh, the art, <laughs> his like art a gift. What a gift to you. What a gift. Well, what a gift to just experience. Like my, I have to sing, what are we going to do with all this stuff? And I'm like, well, we, we, we curate it. You, you go through every, and that's my healing right now is going through every book, every book, opening up the cover, seeing if there's a message, seeing if there's a date, seeing if there's some insight, seeing what that book is, seeing if it gets to be moved out of the house quickly, or it's part of the, the piece that is his, his living curation art books, the vinyl. Mm-hmm. And this isn't just a whole hum collection. It's it's an it's an amassed over decades and decades as his means of expressing his love of art. It's so beautiful, mm. and what a privilege! And mm-hmm. I just keep thinking, I'm like, he was here last week, and I could have just been sitting, but but we did everything but that. You know, yeah. I saw him three times a week, and every conversation was, yeah. In, you know, leading into it, it was a very uh, present relationship. Yeah, you which really actually had... makes it more peaceful and 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 more accepting than like there's no for like there's no regrets, right? There's no regrets. Yeah, yeah, yeah. beautiful. Yeah. I love that, brother. Thank you. I wasn't sure where this was going to take us, and I feel like we just cracked the surface. You know, I'd... you're celebrating. <laughs> you're celebrating men right now and that's i think someone in your space and the the communities that you have i think that's really powerful um i've really been proud of my masculinity and i've really leaned into what i describe my masculinity as and it is everything from um my pride in the fact that i believe i'm i like i have alpha male tendencies and 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 the importance of that and how that can be balanced must be balanced with having a tender heart. And just like, I, I, I love that your, um, your pieces on masculinity and we've just scratched the surface. So if you want to do part two, <laughs> yeah. I'm, a, I'm a phone call yeah. away. Yeah. Okay. Well, it's beautiful. And there's different, different voices coming into this space. Like you're, I've just decided that you're going to kick off this series because you're my brother and we have Thanks. another brother who I would love to have on too. I feel like this is and, less his thing, but also it'd be a totally different perspective. Well, and he's so grounded, right? Like he's the yeah. most grounded version that I strive to have a routine, uh, a family that is provided for in a routine manner, uh, this is business brilliance. I mean, we all have a really wonderful sense of business that our mother and father gave us. Like it's it's a wonderful dynamic for you to explore. And mm-hmm. you tell me if you need to, if you need me to be a co-host on it. Yeah. You know what I think okay. we should do to wrap is I actually really want to read. Do you think that's okay? Do you think Mitch would, would mind reading oh, Uncle John's he would, words? He would be honored. Yeah. 
I, uh, I'm just going to pull it up here. And you know what? I don't know. Are those Uncle John's words or is it? A, no. It's, it's from someone else, Wanda Carter. Yeah, it's from someone else, but it's in his calligraphy, calligraphy. which is which is wonderful, and it's it's uh, really beautifully written. So it is a quote from somebody else given to Mitch um, from our aunt and uncle in a moment that I don't know why or how he would well, know something. But... I I just there's something very special about it being to Mitch, Mitchy. If you're Yo, listening to this, sure. I'm so glad you were the recipient of these words. I'm gonna yeah. read it. To achieve your dreams, Mitch, remember your ABCs. A, avoid negative sources, people, places, things, and habits. B, believe in yourself. C, consider things from every angle. D, don't give up and don't give in. E, enjoy life today. Yesterday is gone and tomorrow may never come. I feel like that's like maybe one of the themes of our conversation so far. F. How could you not? Uh, how could you not? How could this not rock your world? Finding it randomly this weekend, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah it's so beautiful. Yeah. F. Family and friends are hidden treasures. Seek them and enjoy their riches. G. Give more than you planned to give. H. Hang on to your dreams. I, ignore those who try to discourage you. J, just do it. K, keep on trying. No matter how hard it seems, it will get easier. L, love yourself first and most. That was one of my favorites. M, make it happen. N, I, like that. I like that one. Make it happen. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Just do make it. it. Make it happen. Just, yeah, make it happen. And never lie, cheat or steal. Always strike a fair deal. Oh, open your eyes and see things as they really are. That's a good one, too. Mm -hmm. P, practice makes perfect. Q, quitters never win and winners never quit. Some of these are like the most cliche little quotables, and I kind of love that about That's, it because uh, the cliches are true in moments yeah. like these. Yeah, right. R, read. This one's Uncle John's. Read, study, and learn about everything important in your life. S, stop procrastinating. T, take control of your own destiny. U, understand yourself in order to better understand others. V, visualize it. W, want it more than anything. X, accelerate your efforts. Yeah, that's a good Everybody one too. loves accelerate. a good X. Uh, yeah. yeah, totally. Y, you are unique of all God's creations. Nothing can replace you. I love that part. I love the part about like thinking about each human as like a puzzle piece to this like bigger puzzle. Zed or Z if you're American, zero in on your target and go for it. So that's by Wanda Carter, written in Uncle John's calligraphy. Yeah, sent to our buddy Mitch randomly. Man, it's awesome. <laughs> love it okay. so much. Thanks, brother. Thank Thanks for having me. Love you lots. Congratulations with your series. Yeah, I love you too. Thank you. Bye-bye. Okay. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. Um, I always love chatting with my big bro. And so to share that with you is really special for me and for him and for us together. And as you integrate 
from this call, I'm, I mean, I'm curious to know what one of the ABCs stood out to you or resonated with you for this moment in time right now. And, you know, Blake and I both would love to hear from you if there are different thoughts or feelings or stories that you feel called to share with us. Um, you can reach Blake at his email, blakeberglund at gmail.com. You can always reach out to me, Casey, at worthyandwell.com. And I'll make sure that all of our links are in the show notes below. So check them out there. (sighs) If you're in a space between or you're going through a transformation or feeling grief or identity death, um, you're not alone. What a magical, transformative moment you're in. And uh, I know I'm here for it. And there are many people who are here for it. If you are looking for support, please don't hesitate to reach out. I have a couple open spots for one-on-one clients over the next six to 12 months. And then we'll be closing down those spots um, after they fill for the next year. And, uh, And if there's any other way that I can support you, I'm here for it. I'm very well connected to people and practitioners that are so available for supporting healing right now. And the more healing we can do and the more we can step into our unique gifts and share openly and expressively with the world those gifts, I think the better off our planet becomes. So if you want to join that mission, I suppose, talk to me. Uh, I want to hear your story. Take really good care and I'll chat with you in the next episode. Talk soon.